put a spell on you. Cause you're mine. Welcome to Hex Rated, where we three witches will take you on a magical journey through foul language and hilarious judgment. Welcome to episode five, Hex Rated. Yeah, high five. You hey, guys. everybody. Hey, Internet. It's me, Lily. And me, Scarlet. And me, Blackbird. Baby. <laughs> she doesn't like that. Baby. I just started. <laughs> Baby. That's creepy. I, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to tell you that that's what Turtle Bear calls me. I but, liked it. You know. Hey, everybody. All right. So going on in the witch world today motherfuckers uh, you're actually asking us <laughs> i was kind of just trying to pose a general question in the witch world so we just had a, a little uncoming gathering for the halloweens or Samhain or samhain if you don't know how to pronounce celtic words <laughs> but um we do a variety of kind of frankensteining rituals together and that one ended up it was originally intended where we were just going to read something out of a book that I thought sounded cool. Um, cause I didn't really have any time to prepare anything. What with the trick or treating and the party throwing. But, um, so I pulled a ritual out of Gemma Gary's new title, uh, devil's dozen. And that particular one I just thought sounded cool. It was about, um, creating like kind of like a hallowed space out in the woods or someplace, but uh, it's been raining like a motherfucker here. So, mm. so already we decided to adapt it to be indoors, and it also was um, uh, involved using a, a nail driving it into the ground, which I did didn't happen to have a big giant iron railroad tie, and we were not going to drive it into my floor. So I don't know why not. <laughs> no. Now, no, 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 internet. Please there, tell us. There's been some. So <laughs> we're Texans, so we're. I already pronounce vowels differently than other people. I've had this this debate with on on the pronunciation of the tool, an owl, an a w l. Because I was I pronounce it owl, um, or all, all. all you say all, all. Other like people say all the owl. things. Yeah, and so when I was in New York, people were saying owl, and I'm like, that's a majestic so flap flap <laughs> flappy flap <laughs> majestic flap flap so um but anyway n-o-w-l is is some kind of cornish british isles uh word for for nail basically and so we're just gonna say nail because i don't know how to pronounce it in a cornish way but um so i decided i had a big honking uh solid iron key and i was like well we can use that which actually ended up being great symbolism since we weren't actually nailing down a physical space outside in nature and kind of claiming it as our own. The idea that we were creating a hallowed space that was sort of betwixt and between that could be transportable, that would exist wherever we wanted to open it up um, between the three of us. So then the key actually became sort of a a more appropriate metaphor for that um, as opposed to fixing down a specific place so um but as we went through the ritual we basically i had intended us to just read it as written and then we could kind of discuss after what we thought sounded cool or we thought was dumb or whatever and um but as we were going along it ended up that we we were really just kind of freestyling it as we went along so right in the middle of it we decided to do um do a three-point circle which we had talked about previously so we just started doing that and, and instead of doing um, a four quarter one, which is kind of what it was um, calling for and um, ended up changing some words on the fly to be triangle instead of circle. And we also um, just off the top of our heads did sort of a, an invocation to those three directions that we just sort of, I don't even remember what I said because it was like, you know, like when you're driving really far distances and you're like, whoa, how did I end up just getting here? Or like you take a really hard test and you have no memory of doing it. So I have no idea what we said. But at the time, I remember thinking it sounded cool. So 
so that was cool so um so yeah what did you guys think about what were some of the other changes that we made or that you thought worked or didn't work with that one well at one point um we were supposed to well according to the, uh, the what you had found and what we were trying to follow was we were you know supposed to like fix down the nail you know like you said to to nail down the space and but we had the key and all three of us just thought spontaneously that it would be great if we all three held the key and then turned with it like basically walked in a circle with the key and then at one point scarlet said i feel like we should be you know taking the key down toward the earth and we did that and that worked out really cool it felt really good i don't know we all three were like yeah that's yeah it felt really in sync like i I didn't feel like one of us was like pulling it down let's do this guys yeah yeah it wasn't like that it was very it felt very natural which seems to be the case when we three do some shit together Feel so natural. Well, there's never a time where I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> there was that one time where Scarlett was like, you guys, take your clothes off and get in the bathtub. Uh, and yeah, I was like, I don't see how what it has to do with the ritual, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were totally into it. I, I was. This is all fictitious. <laughs> they don't know. Well, we could be in the bathtub right now. Yeah, anything's real. That would be really precarious with this recording equipment, it but would. we like to live dangerously. That's what we do. We Sometimes you need a little jump start to your your magics. You gotta. It's all just hang, gotta, It's all <laughs> hanging on a wire in a basket <laughs> above the bathtub. <laughs> in case you're wondering, we don't believe in in building codes. <laughs> we believe in fate. Uh. <laughs> Um, uh, so not recommended no. but yeah i really liked our three-point circle or our triangle oh and we all ho- held that um that cord oh, oh yeah. yeah tell him about the cord scarlet i had um uh as part of um this other group i was working with that is more kind of traditional witchcraft um traditional british witchcraft use it makes use of a, a cord and um it, other traditions do too usually it's used to help measure out um the circle using it as kind of like a, a radius and also it's used uh, as a belt and can be used as kind of like a symbol of like a scourge, which is another tool. So it's pretty multi-purpose. But anyway, I had this one that's um, red and black and white and gray. And, uh, and since uh, the original ritual is written in Jemagiri was to actually physically mark out a circle and four quarters uh, in the ground, you know, with like a knife or something, um, we weren't going to do that so because I didn't really want to carve stuff into my floor. and It's only a matter of time before we do that, though. I, it kind of is. I kind of want to have, like, you know, like in, in Sleepy Hollow with uh, Johnny Depp where he, like, looks under the bed and there's this, like, huge-ass talisman and he's, like, like in skeleton out. key. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you look under the bed and you're like, oh, shit, what? So have that under, like, a carpet or something and people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> totally do that. Yeah. Those floors aren't special. Come on. <laughs> The only slave around them. They're only like 120 years yeah, old. Just carve right into them. Um, you can burn it. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, but anyway, what was Sorry. I even talking about? The cord. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so we decided to use the cord. So um, we um, each held it taut as a triangle between the three of us. And then uh, as we had to do stuff with like, you know, the key and other, other tools, we ended up just laying it on the uh, ground in a triangle. So, so that was fun. And, and also I've, I've done several rituals, um, public ones or amongst us that involved people holding a cord and it usually feels really, really cool. Cause there is that tension that you feel through the cord of people holding onto it. And, um, and, and cord magic to me is usually pretty strong. It's a real ancient form of magic. There's a lot of, um, uh, across cultures, people using knots or, or cords or ribbons. And if you kind of abstract that out a little more, spindle or thread, a lot of symbolism with like weaving and stuff that's associated with witchcraft or magic. So yeah, that was that was a totally improvised and ended up being really cool and definitely something that I think we might incorporate into future stuff, which is kind of what I thought we could talk about today is... Well done. Yeah, see? Um... <laughs> So good sm- at segways. So smooth. Yeah, but I was I was thinking about because you know in previous episodes we talked about sort sort of how our uncoven gatherings are informal, and we have a diff- few different approaches to creating rituals. 
Um, and I'd mentioned that we kind of use outlines and stuff like that and sort of Frankenstein it together. So I thought that maybe we could um, go through an outline for our upcoming Yule ritual that we were going to do and just uh, share it word for word in case you're curious of how we do it or, or whatever. And then, and then also go through and sort of talk about why we do things a certain way or how we arrived at, at that, that concept or, or places where we know that when we actually do it, it'll probably go off the rails and we'll, we'll make something up. So the, of course the first thing that would be of importance is a, it's a freaking outline and <laughs> like literally, you know, with like Roman numerals and letters and, and uh, Arabic numerals and shit. So we usually have uh, tend to start out with like one preparation, which tends to be pretty important. Um, I always have to list out like all the things that we're going to need and all the food and, and incense and uh, any kind of special ritual offerings. Um, I find that to be very helpful because if I don't have it, we'll get started and I will forget what I needed. Um, so very important step preparation. Um and then uh, the second most important step of the evening is eating. <laughs> We've talked about that before, but usually cakes and ale or whatever as like a ritual kind of communion, which is obviously where, you know, the the Christian communion uh, that, that the idea of like wine and bread and stuff it goes way back. So um, but that usually goes kind of towards the end. Yeah, we have second breakfast too. Yeah, second, we, second dinner. We and in I I love hosting stuff. So when we first started getting together, I would have like all these great like themed food ideas. Like one of the first ones we did was for Hecate's day, and I made um, dolmas because like Greek, oh, right? So Hecate's good. Greek, but I made it with black forbidden rice yeah. because like that's the most Hecate. goth goth shit I've ever heard of. So it's forbidden goth. rice, <laughs> and I was like, check it black out, you guys. Forbidden rice. They're black on the inside. It was amazing, <laughs> like the underworld. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'd have these like really cool like kind of themed. But sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. Right? It's not every time. But yeah, but but <laughs> what we found out is that a we would show up fucking starving, and b like we just they were so tasty. Everybody we're not wanted to wait eat it until like because if you know if you go into starting you know whatever uh, you know ritual or magic you're gonna be doing, you really don't want to go into it hungry. Yeah, I know all that you'll be able to think about is that's true. And I get angry when I'm yeah. hungry. Yeah. I'm like a toddler. I mean, I think there's some ideas about sort of like this ritual fasting. But P.S. Like, unless you're actually fasting for more than like I don't know four hours since lunch, it's not <laughs> not really like a big gesture to to wait like an hour to eat. But and it's not like you're going swimming where you're going to get stomach cramps because <laughs> you ate before you jumped in the circle and now you're. I don't think get spirits, I don't think the spirits want me to fast. Just yeah. Saying. I don't think they If do. they did, I'd probably be way better at it. Um yeah. which I maybe, not. I don't know. But um but yeah, so we're always hungry so we tend to eat first. And also, you know, like when you're having a group of people come over, not everybody's ready to go at the same time, so you start snacking while you're waiting. And plus also the the plating and serving of food if it's something that has to be served hot or whatever is kind of a hassle. So anyway, um, eating first, that, that's definitely something that we have so totally rearranged. Plus also to me, and I know that cakes and ale and everything predate the more formal Christian communion, but I, that's still kind of what I think of. So we never really did that as, as written in like a, a Wiccan ritual where, right. You have like your chalice and your athame and you're like, you know, as to the God, blah, 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 as to the goddess. And like, you know, you break the cakes and ale and you dole out a, a ritual offering and everybody has a bite and blah, blah, blah. Like we weren't re we weren't really doing that anyway. I usually just set aside a, a sippy and a, and a nibble and usually go set it outside afterwards. So there is an offering as a symbolic gesture, but we, we were never really doing the, the full sort of communion type style thing with the food to begin with. Right. Um, so that would be another reason why we fucking dropped it. And then, um, the other, the second thing that would usually come up, well, the first thing that would come after that, or the second thing in this list is what I mean, um, would be creating the sacred space or casting a circle or whatever. And we talked about this in the Sacred Spaces episode, but we kind of dispense with a lot of that. Do you guys want to say anything about sort of 
how we open up circle and we can talk about how we used to be like when we first started out and we're real, we weren't, I mean, I wouldn't say not comfortable with each other, but we didn't know what we were. Well, we don't know what we're doing now, but I mean, when we weren't like feeling a hundred percent, I don't know, maybe confident that that's the way we wanted to do things. When, when we first started, we were pretty formal and we would like, you know, cast a circle and call the quarters and cut people in and out of the circle if they had to go to the bathroom and, we don't do those things anymore. We're um, less formal about it. And I think we feel, I think we talked about this the other night about how we feel like when we um, either form our triangle or form whatever kind of magic circle we're casting, circle, triangle, whatever it is. Um, Trapezoid. We yeah, <laughs> rhombus. Parallelogram. We feel like that's that space is now in existence. There's no need to, ca- it's not... Like, it doesn't necessarily have finite ends. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I think also, I mean, we were working in a fairly new space. Like, the house was right. fairly new to me. Yes. And um, so... And we were new to each other, so, right. Yeah, so I think that, they're like, making it kind of more official and having, like, defined borders. And we would also, you know, experiment with, with that idea of... Um, building up a circle and having it be like a palpable border where we would actually like measure it with the divining rods, you know, like, like check all the the edges and see where the, the edge of that energy was and, and uh, experiment with um, if one of those sides felt weak or was like kind of wobbling more in towards the center and it wasn't like an equidistant circle, we would work on kind of pushing it. And also like when we were dismissing the circle, testing to see if the energy was really dropped and stuff like that. Whereas now that would be a moot point because there's already just a lot of residual energy there anyways. So dropping the circle wouldn't even happen. And I think also to that point in terms of raising energy or what, what the circle is or what the purpose of it is, is I felt like in the beginning we were casting the circle to kind of bring energy in either from the universe or up from the earth or through ourselves and basically creating some kind of bubble of like critical mass that would be released out back into the universe to either serve some kind of purpose or to just release it back. So it wasn't just floating there. Whereas now a lot of our rituals aren't quite so focused in terms of raising energy to direct it at a purpose so much. Um, It's kind of more like we're keeping those channels open. More of our rituals are also kind of more about, just sort of a celebration or, you know, communing with each other and uh, not so much about sort of we're raising energy to do this healing or st- which we've done before, mm-hmm. but um, it tends to be a little bit less of that because that's kind of stuff that we're doing more on our own. And when we get together, it's more about stuff that, that we want to do as a group more of as, as a devotional practice or as a celebration of some sort. But I think that we wouldn't really be at this point now where we feel more, informal about casting or not casting a circle or setting it up or formally dismissing it and grounding it and stuff like that if we hadn't gone through the process Mm -hmm. of doing it really formally every time and cutting people in and out and and feeling being confident that if we want to cast some kind of circle that you can really feel you know like with your hands and with your like we can do it yeah we can do it so um, that that would i think that that's important too it wasn't just we were like whatever that's dumb we're not gonna do it (laughs) we were like well let's try it and see how it works and and feel like we we got that down and then is that something that now we've sort of integrated where like I said it's more like we're keeping those channels open all the time as opposed to just having like a tap that we're turning on and off um well and I guess if we ever need to do or feel like doing some kind of healing or some kind of um needing to you know raise that much energy and keep it in one area tightly to us for a purpose we we can do it yeah totally we're all about it So um, we tend to do, um, this goes back to, I forget where I read it out of, but it's just like a kind of grounding exercise as a precursor to meditating, which you've talked about is just this simple eight point, like before me, beside me, behind me, beside me, above me, below me, within me, without me. And um, I really like that one, um, but it's not directional. So like if you're laying down, those directions are going to be different than if you're facing south or if you're laying face down or whatever. So, but I liked them and developed a kind of eight point sort of directional call 
that um, I tried to adapt to actual directions so that we could all do it together. And that's sort of evolved into something we've been using. So for this uh, Yule ritual, I kind of try to adapt it to the the season and also try to, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute, but also change it so that it would be more triangle oriented instead of circle oriented. But we usually do the sort of grounding. Um, something that, why don't you talk about that uh, spray that you have that we've sort of integrated as like sort of a cleansing, asperging sort of element. Oh my gosh, this spray. So I don't know if you guys know about uh, the Sarah Ann Lawless, but... The Sarah Ann Lawless? The Sarah Ann Lawless. Uh, love her. She is a witch and a blogger. And um, she makes these, they're called CSWs, but Community Supported Witchcraft, where every month she creates like a themed box that has like these great things like flying ointments and uh, loose incense and smoking like uh things for like your pipe and stuff like that but um last the last one i bought was like this cleansing uh themed kit the kit and she has this cleansing spray and i just want to bathe in it like it is so great but it's supposed to be a cleansing spray and i forget everything that's in it but um hit the highlights yeah pine oh my god yeah, so it good smells. It's very woody oh, smelling. it smells like it smells like you're like walking through the most beautiful forest of your dreams yeah when you in the rain but not in, in a rain, gross but, way but in like a beautiful beautiful refreshing cleansing sort of way like you're in a long flowing uh-huh. dress and you look great oh yeah you're like some sort of magical wood nymph yeah but uh basically but yeah i got it's it and i was like this is shit is so good i have to share it with my friends it's really good and yeah i you can just spray it on like a perfume but then um scarlet's idea was to use her um little uh, smudge fan smudge fan yeah i made this little like horn handle feathered sort of what's it that you know is meant to to fan smudge smoke if you're trying to kind of um fumigate a room or something Mm -hmm. but we don't use it that often um especially because we don't walk a circle with the elements anymore Mm -hmm. we've done it before um where either you do the eastern quarter with air and and you fan out the um smudge smoke or you walk the circle to kind of fumigate a room in a cleansing sort of ritual, but we don't do that terribly often. So I was like, but let's use it. And Oh my God, it felt so magical when you're standing there and yes. we all take turns of someone sprays and someone fans and someone gets sprayed and then we rotate. So, but yeah, when, when that, this stuff smells so good that when it hits you and, and you feel that gentle breeze of this sort of like, very whimsical magical looking tool fanning at you it it does feel very cleansing and mm-hmm. it does snap you right into like we're ready to do some witchcraft mm-hmm. so we decided to just do that every time because the first Until time you run out the first time lily was like you guys gotta smell this so <laughs> but but so we just kind of added like i was like oh well let's use this thing and it'll feel witchier just kind of on a whim um and when you say it like that it sounds kind of dumb but <laughs> but oh. and, but now it's 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 like a nice little little small moment um that definitely kind of sets the stage it's a good trigger well and i guess too like when that one runs out we can make our own you know we could figure out another Mm -hmm. thing that may not be as good but it might be believe in your dreams i I believe that i can make smells are some powerful shit yeah it's really good and that like the sense of smell was the first one to develop yeah yeah so yeah and then we have um instead of and like I said, since we've done rituals like out of books or adopted or adapted ones or written them from scratch that, that were kind of more along the traditional lines of doing at least four quarters or four elements, we, we used to do that. Now we have started working with this sort of eight point call that I have um, that we sort of collaborated on. And um, I guess we can kind of talk about how that came to be. But um, I tend to like to like sort of mad lib shit together. <laughs> So, um, I found like a, a quarter call that I sort of liked, but, um, I, I wasn't really into the specific language or the symbols of the elements and guardians and whatever. So I just kind of took out all the nouns and adjectives and was like, Oh, direction <laughs> come to us with your attribute of that direction <laughs> and teach us your things that are associated with that place (laughs) and stuff like that so um which is a really good technique for for doing stuff like that um it has been very helpful to me because sometimes it's really intimidating trying to write something from scratch 
and then we tend to do after we sort of do that invocation um sometimes we may or may not have a a formal like invoking of like a god or goddess into the circle or honor it it depends on if it's like seasonally or like sometimes we've done ones where i was like hey uh, i read in a book that today is uh tiamat's day so let's do some snake times you know and like so or or hecate or something so um we'll do some kind of invocation either that we wrote or a quick google came up with something that sounded cool so um so you'll, we'll usually do that and we've also especially when we're outside we tend to have like some kind of invocation that's uh for the land whites or spirits of place um i have a, a cast of um, spirits of place for my house and my my property specifically you know lily has her deceer um we all have kind of like ancestors or loved ones that have passed on that we usually invoke so um usually some kind of words to that effect and then um something that that right off the bat i think that we really honed in on is something that really made a particular which ritual ritual um feel like really really magical and witchy and 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 badass was uh chanting and yeah. going around in a circle so um in a crazy way i mean sometimes yeah but do you guys want to talk about sort of different different chants we've done or different different experiences with with fires and circling and stuff oh man well there was that one yule i think perhaps our first yule together oh memory yeah oh, where first yule. we tried to do a cauldron type situation inside and the fire was like really really blue wasn't it yeah, yeah it we was were like circling around the fire and it was it didn't get like super super so big, if any of you are wondering really how you make a cauldron oh inside, hey so get so some salts and yeah scarlet has Epsom this salt? kick-ass like really heavy um like a like a strangely enough a three three it's dish. a candy dish well it's a candy dish it's yeah like a, but it's like a trine yeah, it's bowl th- basically with snake handles, but yeah, it's, it's an antique one. It's like um, plated, it made plated out of? silver. Okay, so it's r- like you can set it on fire and it's not gonna, you know, burn up or anything. But uh, but she puts you put s- salt in like Epsom salt, like Epsom salt, yeah. salt, and then like rubbing alcohol, rubbing alcohol, and light it on fire. Or there was also some like lamp. Like torch fuel in oh there yeah. too one time. I don't really know that one fire was, on yeah. that one. I don't know. The internet fuel. told me that this was a way to light stuff on fire indoors that would not create a lot of smoke. And I don't recommend you usually taking the internet's advice, but I am a fire performer. I eat fire and do fire fans and fire hula hoops and stuff. So she ain't so scared. so that she's <laughs> that, like whatever. No, but that that seemed legitimate because basically instead of just like making a pool of alcohol, the uh, the salt helps it kind of like wick slightly yeah. so it's not just igniting the whole freaking thing and also um causes it to not evaporate so much as it's burning so please but use caution yeah please please this. don't yeah, just we're not light stuff on fire i i also i have fire safety experience yeah i do not do this and in my own house without and, and, and i had and and i have a fire extinguisher yes but um it's very important make sure to but my experience with um using open flames indoors from various because i use uh, naphtha to to eat fire, and I've used lamp oil for for spinning and stuff like that. So, um, so that seemed like a legitimate advice. <laughs> I did, I wasn't just like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> but um, but anyway, what's really interesting about it is even with that like pretty straightforward formula, like Lily was saying, like every time we do it, it's a little bit different. Like obviously, yeah. I'm just kind of eyeballing the proportions, but it really does seem as though there's some kind of combination of the season or the ritual or the energy that's kind of out that that ends up going with how the fire is because when we did that yule one it was very low burning it was these blue flames Mm -hmm. so like you're thinking about like winter and like the longest night of the year and it being this like very gentle sort of of subdued sort of bluish like cold fire right and then for in bulk um which is very fiery it's like mm-hmm. breeds like yeah this is was my that the one that went like up to our waists almost? yeah it was oh. like it was huge it, it was burned. like a fire tornado <laughs> crazy <laughs> it went, i don't think it was like that big but anyway In my yeah mind, it, it was gigantic. it was very bright it was a bright orange like you know when you think of like a crackling fire that kind of fire and it was quite high and it was also very loud it was like 
Were we like we super were, circling? We were spinning really and dancing yeah. and chanting around it. Yeah. So, and we jumped over it. Yeah. And so then we always started jumping over it. And keep, it, keep in mind, we're, I'm talking about like a, like a large serving dish like you would have on like Thanksgiving or yeah, something. It's um, not like a fire so pit or something. It, yeah. It's not like a fire pit. So we were just kind of like gently jumping over it. It still felt because it was inside. So it felt a little dangerous. I mean, if y'all had like kicked it. <laughs> No we would have had to like fire extinguish everything, and yeah. so there was a little bit of danger involved. But um, mm. but yeah, but with that one in particular, like the the whole energy of like mm. this this fire of like kind of the last gasp of uh of winter before spring, and you know breeds a very like fiery goddess. You know she's a smith, so um. We ended up getting like kind of exhilarated and exhausted, and when and that's another thing that's been really fun working with you guys is that um, it tends to be that we like if we're chanting or or circling or doing anything that's sort of um, in unison, it usually tends to like crescendo and die down together. It's not like one of us is like, yeah, uh, like with this. like thanks for leaving me hanging, guys. <laughs> so, um, but when we we wound down like pretty abruptly, and like the fire like just done went out immediately. Like it was like, we were all done at the same time. Um, so obviously that was very, very different than the Yule fire, Mm -hmm. which was, was very cool and wintry and, and, and sort of this idea of like that spark of it being the longest night. And now every night after is going to get brighter and brighter, brighter. So, um, so anyway, because of that, you know, we, we felt that this sort of ritual of, uh, having a small fire either indoors or outdoors and circling and chanting and, and maybe jumping over it has, has always seemed like really magical and definitely raised a, an energy, not only that was, that was fun and exciting and cool, but that appeared to have a lot of significance to the nature of the ritual. So, so that's something that we've tended to integrate. And when we first started chanting, um, there are a whole bunch of them out there. I mean, you can like look in any kind of Wicca 101 book or Google like witch chants or whatever. And so, of course, the trick is something that like yeah, everyone can remember and that's catchy. <laughs> yeah, don't um, make it too hard. I always forget my cues. So. But but having them be like a little bit hard is good because True. there's then, that. Then there, it doesn't sound so stupid. <laughs> well, but then there's that point at which where like at first you're trying to remember yeah. the lines and then there's that point at which where it just starts flowing and you for, right. you don't you're not consciously trying to remember your words anymore. Right. And that's sort of like the sweet spot of like when you're kind of getting into a trance. And uh and then also there's the fun of like we've had some chance where it just started and it just kind of turned into like screaming. <laughs> but it was good like in a good way. Um you know one of the ones we did is the the good old one that was featured in uh, everyone's favorite movie, Craft. Mm. That's not where it came from, but I think that's what everyone associates it with, which is uh, now's the time, now's the hour, ours is the magic, ours is the power. Ah, of course. Which is a good chant. It's nice and rhymy. It's got a good beat. It's not like some kind of cheesy, like using mm-hmm. passive voice, which is my pet peeve. But um, so um, one of the other ones we used was um, what is between the worlds, affects all worlds, we are between the worlds, or that one mm-hmm. that's that's really hard um and then the other one that we used um it's it's in a there's a longer version but the one that i think most people are familiar with uh is uh we are the weavers we are the web which was originally we are the flow we are the ebb we are the weavers we are the web and uh as far as i can tell that's attributed to uh checking in mountain water but i think it's associated mostly with like the reclaiming tradition is where i tend to see that printed but so we started off with uh, we are the flow, we are the ebb, we are the weavers, we are the web. And uh, I had a journey where one of my guides said something to me that was like, you are the spindle, you are the thread. And then I realized that that rhymed and also obviously goes with the idea of we are the weavers, we are the web. Um, so we changed it to we are the spindle, we are the thread, we are the weavers, we are the web. Um, cause I, we, I just really like the image of like the spindle and, um, associating that with the fates, you know, um, spinning the thread and, uh, measuring it out and cutting it. And like we said earlier, the idea of, um, sort of, uh, weaving and, and cords and threads and knots being associated with witchcraft. And then since the three of us ended up using, um, black, white, and red as, uh, symbols for, 
a variety of things, um, layering it on top of like moon phases and maiden mother crone and all that kind of stuff. So we changed it to, we are the spindle, we are the thread, we are the white, the black, the red. Mm-hmm. So now we use that one, um, when it's the three of us. So it kind of evolved from something that, that was a pretty common chant that served its purpose perfectly well to something that we sort of chain tweaked and now has morphed into something where it's totally original to us um well and even we've just recently made it even more original to us by using uh different languages for the colors yeah we were trying to think of um sort of if we wanted to make a sigil with like a, a sort of motto or uh, you know words of power and um we spent some time uh looking up different uh witchy sounding languages so we each picked a a so we associate each one of us with a particular color most strongly so scarlet guess which one i am you guys uh, i'm red blackbird what do you think she is oh uh, wow it would be black yep lily i'm white <laughs> you're not blue nope, or green not blue not blue not purple star troops not mauve or fuchsia i think they get it Beige. But we picked, uh, well, really, Scarlett did a whole bunch of research. Found some. You need lists? I made a spreadsheet. She really likes to make spreadsheets. Scarlett is your girl. Spreading them sheets, y'all. Sometimes I don't even bother to look things up. I'm like, I'll just ask Scarlett about it. Just ask her. She'll know. (laughs) Fucking rude, bitch. She'll figure it out. And and when she figures it out, she will learn everything there is to know. She's always studying for the test or the essay. That's true. Yeah, I I pretty much every time I read something, I'm like pretending that I'm going to write a paper on it later. But um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so yeah, so um, yeah, I just listed out a bunch of different like uh, I did. Ancient Egyptian, Greek, uh, Latin, um, Proto-Indo-European, which is my favorite. Um, Hebrew, right? Hebrew, um, Proto-Semitic, which is pre-Hebrew, um, and also Proto-Finnic, because Finnish and um, Sami and Estonian and those languages are not e- European, so um, they're kind of interesting. And obviously the, the Sami have a very, they're, they're one of the oldest shamanic traditions in Europe. Um, so I thought that would be cool to add in and, oh, and Basque, cause Basque is also a language isolate and it's hypothesized that they represent a pre-Indo-European civilization that was in Europe before, um, agriculture and everything came in, um, with the Neolithic revolution. I love archaeology a lot. I like it. And linguistics. I, oh yeah. So I, I, I actually studied linguistics in college. So, um, but anyway, um, so I chose for my red. There's Wait, do we want to tell them? Oh, is it a secret? I thought oh, it was going to be a secret. Yeah, we're not telling them the actual oh. word. Oh, fuck. Okay. Cut Sorry, internet. You'll have to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll <laughs> never know our secret words of power. But anyway, I mean, there's a lot of cool words for like for red, for example. Um, one of the ones I liked a lot was uh, Deshret um, for red. And red has a lot of interesting symbolisms in Egyptian mythology. Um but uh and also it was really interesting to me like a lot of the english if you go back far enough like words for for a lot of roots for black have to do with actual actually the same root as light so white and black tend to go back to these roots that mean shining or bright because obviously light or something that's bright is a bright white um so it's associated with light but on the flip side like Something that is burning on fire, once it's done burning, is black. It's charred. So um, a lot of those oldest roots for the word black actually literally mean something that has burned or is burned. Uh, So same thing as shining or bright or burning, which is really fascinating to me that when you go back far enough, the the words for for white and burning are are pretty similar. Um, But anyway... um, where were we going with that? Well, we were talking. Well, we chanted those words recently, and that was pretty rad. Yeah, so we were each kind of taking turns, and um, first of all, there's always that moment where you're like, "Oh wait, it's my turn," because <laughs> yeah. we're like, "What order am I in?" It's only three of us. It's real hard. And we're while we're doing, it, we're circling while we're doing it. We're just like walking around or so dancing much to do. around or so much coordination. You know, skipping around in a circle, just always m- movement with yeah. this chant. But we found that that more so than like walking a circle with elements or facing each direction and and saying some very formal invocation of some kind or 
doing a particular gesture or anything like that. Um, it's actually walk, walking the circle or pacing and chanting that really seems to raise a lot of energy, right. really sets the movement and the moment and um, tends to be like kind of the main part of the ritual um, that mm-hmm. feels like is really kind of palpably changing the energy. I think and it feels like really spiritual tone too for where we go with the rest of the of the evening. Yeah, because sometimes it's very exhilarating. Like I said, like we're like oh, we're like start running or leaping, or sometimes the chant turns into like shouting, or it becomes cacophonous where we're all kind of instead of taking turns, we're all shouting like with the words of power. We they're all different, so we all started shouting ours, um, and at the same time. And, uh, so yeah, they'll sometimes kind of take a, take a turn or, or it'll just kind of naturally die down or it'll, it'll sort of take on a more sing-songy rhythm depending on what it is. So, so that's been something that we've decided to make the focal point of the rituals. And, and it, like you said, it kind of sets the tone for what we do after. So if it ends up being like really like exuberant or cacophonous or something that might affect how we proceed or if it if it's something that just kind of gets like really trance like and in a flow that might be how we sort of proceed so right and one thing to note is that it's never it's never a forced outcome with that we um we do the chant we do the circle and however that outcome you know whatever we feel like after it's it's all unrehearsed there's nothing like, well, we want it to feel this way, so we're going to do that. You know, there's mm-hmm. none of that. Yeah. And I think that's definitely an advantage of being in a really small group because when you're in a larger group, there tends to be, it's it's harder to get everybody on the same energy level. And that feeling of when we all kind of stop at the same point is only possible with like, you know, a handful of people. If you have more than that, then getting everybody in sync is, is a little harder so it doesn't have that kind of like natural like, oh, wow, badass. We all stopped at the same time. It's like we're connected and shit. <laughs> so because right. that's how we talk when we're doing witchy stuff. We do. We're like, yo, bro, oh. check out this witchcraft shit. We're in the middle of a ritual, dude. Yo. Um, Where are we on the doll here? Where are we on the outline? We are on uh, D. <laughs> D, raise energy and chant. Oh, and so, yeah. so, yeah, so after that, we usually just kind of have, we might, if we're doing any kind of other specific ritual where there's some kind of offering or um, we make something at some kind of craft or. Oh, we've made crafts. Yeah, we like them. We like crafts <laughs> in our witchcraft. We like mm-hmm. it. Um so anything that would be themed with that, um, we would do at that point. And then I usually always include sort of a surprise or miscellaneous where we usually end up like sometimes we'll, if we finish up earlier, cause all of this stuff is just sort of like, we do it until it feels like it's enough, you know? So the chant might take like five or 10 minutes or it might take like a minute and it just is sort of enough. And then, you know, kind of depending on how we feel, we might be like, well, I want to do more. Like, I'm not ready to go. Or So um, sometimes we'll do some kind of journey where someone might, like, read a path working from a book or we'll just all lay down and kind of do it together and then talk about it. Or we might um, uh, read runes or read tarot or do our magpie log casting or just sort of hang out and witch and bitch and talk about what we just did and what worked or what didn't work. And then we, if we did any kind of formal casting uh, to clean everything up, we would, uh, you know, do it in reverse. So if we called quarters or called elements or um, set up a circle or invoked a particular deity or something, we would, we would thank and dismiss or um, release or whatever verb would be appropriate for for what happened to begin with. Um, we would do that, and then of course the practical, like clean it up. And I usually have to give myself a reminder to to set out whatever food offerings we had left over um, to set them outside or I will forget and they'll just end up in the sink. Scarlett, if someone wanted this information that we've been talking about, where would they be able to find it online? They can look on our blog. Where do they look? It's for at com forward slash blog. Yeah, we will... Uh, <laughs> post uh okay we'll post our outline and then also which you can use or fill in or do what you will with it and then also um we're going to be posting this formal outline of this yule ritual so um i thought we could just kind of go through it and uh 
and just read it out real quick, um, assuming you are not reading along with us at home. So do you want to start out? Sure. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to just go through what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, just do it real fast. I mean, you don't have to like over enunciate or, or read out all the instructions. We're just, we're just, we'll just go through the gist of it and then we'll break it down. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be for Yule for this year. And uh, we've tweaked it a little bit. We have had two previous Yules that Memories. we've been doing things together. So this will be, be the best Yule. <gasps> I mean, that's a lot of pressure, but it'll be pretty rad. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is uh, prep the space like we do. We're going to clear the spa- space. Can't talk. We're going to clear the space, set up the altar, set out all the ritual items and food. Um, sometimes there some of the ritual items that we use are like the stang and um, ointment, incense. And then we'll have all the eating apparatus uh, ready to go since we're going to eat first for sure. Food and drinks, napkins, cups, everything, have all that ready to go. If it's outside, you know, outside stuff. Right. Or fire-related, like, fire extinguisher. Yeah, definitely have everything you need on hand before Mm -hmm. you start. Uh, Make sure you've got everything. I mean, if you forget something, you can always... But it's just a pain in the ass to have to stop and go back and get something. Just have as much as you can possibly meant make a lists if you have to yeah lists are awesome lists are great um and then you know the one of the things we do to prep the space is to light light every candle that we have or i mean uh, in uh scarlet's room that we usually do things in it's like a downstairs kind of parlor area she has a bunch of candles you have an army of led like <laughs> yeah candles. And, and conventional old school fire also candles. fire <laughs> candles yeah but we light like a bajillion of those and um, and uh, then we're ready to go. We've got everything ready. Uh, Lily, do you want to take us to the second section while I hand it over to you? Sacred Spice. Well, we had a whole podcast about that. Yeah, we did. So we do different things like a smudge or a spurge with my delicious spray I already talked about. We ground and center. Uh the um, for ground and center, the before me, besides me, behind me, besides me, above me, below me, around me, within me, that Scarlet talked about earlier. And um, we do that. And then it is time for the Colin of Elements, Dimensions, Circle, so Points. Yeah. Triangles. Triangles. Mm-hmm. So this one um, we've used for, like I said, um, I tried to develop that uh that grounding into um sort of a quarter call or it's an eight point call now um but um previously we did north south east west above below um and inside outside or you know like around and center so that's really like a a four point call four on four or four on two and two but this last time um we did this triangle so, and I really liked it. So I was like, how do I make this a triangle? So I did it as uh three, three, and then inside, outside. So the outside of the triangle and the inside of the triangle. So, um, north, um, if, uh, do we want to just read as we will? Yeah. So we can go ahead and it. just read it real quick and then we can break it down a little okay. bit more later. All right. So the first, uh, call or invocation would be, uh, north and midnight, Midnight, still point of the spinning earth, fixed upon your pole star. We feel your magnetic pull in our bones, in the architecture of our minds. On the longest night, you are our beacon. Oh, come and be our compass. And And then next would be west or sunset. Sunset, primordial waters of the worlds beyond, flood into us from the ancient abyss. We feel your waves crash and ebb in the beating of our hearts, in the turbulent sea of our emotions the long night's wild hunt is your delight oh come and be with your cauldron with our cauldron east and sunrise sunrise gilded aurora of the new day bursting forth from the dawn's horizon we sense your stirring with every nerve in the vital hum of our bodies this is the morning of your increase oh come and be our spindle all right the next would be above Above, the etheric void, the magic of the unknowable oblivion, we sense your limitlessness in our dreams, in the infinite expanse of our unconscious. Seasonless expanse, lend us your perspective. O come and be our veil. 
then is below below the earth's warm depths into which all things descend and emerge we feel your weight in the pit of stomachs in the ra in the ravenous rumblings of our instincts welcome us into the halls of the underworld oh come and be our altar center center roaring blaze of undiluted force zenith of the noontide sun we feel your heat in our blood in the smoldering potential of our will this is the season of your repose oh come and be our blade and then the last two around and center do you want it they're not assigned they're kind of all of us together mm -hmm. but it might be hard to hear though if we all yeah do here, i'll do around and then one of y'all do center okay. so without our triangle's edge embracing all that is lit by your orb we hear your echo in our breath in the temple of our souls soothe our turbulent spirits border of the betwixt and between the solstice is your delight O come and be our mirror so then center within perchta holda frauhalla hella maiden of fate spinning wheel queen of the old forest sovereign crone of the shades in the halls of heim ha helheim excuse me converge upon the crossroad we hear you speak our true names into the center of ourselves here is the fulcrum upon which the season is marked O come and be our key and at that point we would do um, our circle enchanting which we talked about um, so we'd light our fire and uh, chant we are the spindle we are the thread we are the white the black and the red and uh for yule we're gonna celebrate the wild hunt um it's also traditional to celebrate it on beltane we did it last year for beltane and uh for yule and they both turned out pretty awesome last year we made these badass creepy monster masks and so um we're probably going to do that again uh beforehand so we have them ready or use the ones that we made so that'll be part of it and then this was also something that we liked from last year, which was a spindle ritual um, in relation to Frau Halle. She's uh, associated with uh, spinning and weaving. And this was, uh, um, I copied it from something I found online uh, from witchesandpagans.com. And we'll toss up the, the actual citation online. Um, but it's, uh, we honor you, Frau Halle, the goddess of winter nights. Um, as the spindle is passed around, spend some time to quietly think about your needs and concerns and offer them silently to Frau Hollow with your thanks. When you feel ready, pass the spindle to your neighbor, holding the thread until the last of this is finished. Now one by one, gently let the thread go, passing it back to the spindle, letting go of your worries, and trusting that your needs shall be met, and trust Hollow to give you some response in the weeks ahead. And then we would wind the spindle up and hold it above. Um, I have a fountain out back and uh, say, Frau Holla, accept this sacrifice. And uh, then we would drop it in the well. So, and then, like I said, um, usually I, I put like a miscellaneous. So if we're still wanting more witchiness, we could do a journey or do some divination or hang out. And then um, since we did a pretty formal invocation, um, there's a, an equally formal dismissal so um, kind of going in reverse um, to address the goddess, winter goddess of the black and white, one side in the shadow of death, the other in the light of life. One side, the rich black of the soil, the sum of all pigments. One side, the white of apotheosis, the, the absence of all color. Nourish us with the red lifeblood that flows from both halves. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Okay, then uh, thanking and dismissing uh, Midnight. Farewell, whites of midnight, place of stability, compass of cosmic axis, the crystal which is her unbending bone. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Then is west and sunset. Farewell, whites of the sunset, place of deepening, cauldron of transformation, the water which is her boundless heart. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Um, east and sunrise farewell whites of the sunrise place of new beginnings spindle of possibilities the spark which is her quickening spirit we thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight and then above farewell whites above place of mystery veil of the unknowable 
the aether, which is her divine dream. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Then below, farewell whites below, place of foundation, altar of deep structures, the earth, which is her fertile body. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Farewell whites of the center, place of energy, blade of flame, the fire, which is her living blood. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. And lastly, without, farewell, whites without, place of intuition, mirror of consciousness, the air which is her vital breath. We thank you for your presence in our triangle tonight. Actually, there's one more. There's within. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Farewell, whites within, crossroads of the mysteries. Our right is over. It's time to leave. <laughs> what was woven, now well, unweave. Yay. That was a cute rhyme. And then uh, I had a little thing with um, for use with the stang where we would all grasp it and say, let the power pass from me to end where it was begun. As I will, so mote it be. Chant the spell and be it done. And um, that was, uh, I got out of a book called Witching Culture, Folklore, and Neopaganism. Um and then, then we'd have cleanup time. So that's kind of the basic outline. Most of the the text in there is original um, stuff that that uh, we wrote or collaborated on. Um, there was an original um, four-point quarter call that I liked the structure of, like I said, and then kind of um, cut and pieced my own words into. And um, so kind of the format, for example, Midnight, uh, originally I think that was either an element or a direction, and I just changed it. Um, we did have it, n we've used North, we've used the compass points, and um, I like the idea of kind of moving away from that, because I feel like that's really literal, and I'm very directionally oriented, like that's how I give directions, and people hate it, because they're like, I'm like, you know, you go Northwest, and they're like, I don't have a compass, what are you talking about? But, um, so yes, yeah, so because of that, I kind of thought it would be, more um universal to kind of pick a instead of picking a, a cardinal direction to just kind of go with sort of a, a a more vague direction that we all kind of know where that's at so midnight um and then so I, I was interested in the idea of like the north star so um so for all of them i did like direction you know elemental aspect of that direction so for this one it would be sp still pointed the spinning earth fixed upon your pole star and then I did we feel your kind of elemental energy in our place in our bodies <laughs> in the sort of structure of our more esoteric body part <laughs> so for for midnight it was we feel your magnetic pull because it's north star in our bones because to me bone was like kind of I associate with the north and in, in the architecture of our minds, because I associate North with kind of like order and, um, you know, the idea of it being where the compass points to. So the idea of it giving you direction. And that's why the symbol would be, oh, come and be our compass as a as a symbol. I mean, it could have been anything. It could have been like pendulum or ethame or um, sensor or bell or whatever. Special so rock, whatever. <laughs> or a tree. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, you know how I like them trees. But you know, like so for um west or water, I did um we feel your waves crash and ebb in the beating of our hearts and uh, in the turbulency of our emotions. And so some of the other ones were like we sense your stirring with our nerves in the hum of our bodies. We feel your weight in the pit of our stomachs, in the rumblings of our instincts, stuff like that. So um, so it's a lot of repetition. They all sounded really different when we were reading yeah, them aloud. But absolutely. if you look at it, it's actually like pretty cut and pasty in a way. So um, and then for this one, um, I also added because um, we use this one for Maybon. So I uh, I had a little sentence that had to do with sort of it being the equinox and this idea of it being like equal day and night. So um the solstice is kind of the opposite of that. Um, so for midnight, I said on the longest night, you're our beacon, like it being the North star. And, um, you know, for some of the other ones, um, you know, for, for East, I did, um, this is the morning of your increase because it's the longest night, which means that every day until the summer solstice, it's going to, you're going to get more and more light. So the idea of the East being where the rising sun comes from, this marks when, the east is going to be the place where more and more sun 
is coming, rising every day and staying in the sky for longer. But for like for above, for example, I associate it with kind of like the void or ether, sort of the unknowable. So void don't give a fuck what season it is. It's all arbitrary. That's like universal scale, not like little ball of rock around our solar system scale. So void don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it was like seasonless expanse. Lend us your perspective. So the idea of it, like, you know, if you're not on earth, the solstice around our star is kind of meaningless. And then like for South, which is fire, the idea of like it being the longest night, I said, this is the season of your repose. Um, Whereas inversely, you know, on summer solstice, it would be like, this is the, this is your jam. Longest day, so much fire. (laughs) So um, that was kind of how those sort of came about. But, and it's something that we're always tweaking. So um, like I said, for example, um, this one, instead of doing like Northwest, East, South, we did midnight sunrise and sunset. So that's kind of North and East and West. And then South kind of got bumped to be sort of center. So yeah, it's something we always kind of tweak and depending on the ritual or the season, or, you know, we come up with new symbols that we like, or, you know, if somebody um, like this last ritual we did for Halloween, we sort of did our own and um, we each picked a direction. And that's probably something that's probably some language that we'll start mixing into these more formal written out ones. So that's sort of how they kind of evolve. And and then of course with like this spindle ritual, that was just something that I straight up found online that I thought was cool. It was really just, cool last year. Yeah. And so we just kind of copied it and um, I'd have to go back and look at the original text, but I think that, you know, we might've taken a few sentences in or out and then something that I did for the dismissal it originally was something that I sort of made a mad lib about from another um, ritual I found in a book, but it was like farewell guardians of the North or whatever. And I was like, guardians sounds like guardians of the galaxy. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, farewell rocket raccoon. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, wow. Dude, you we guys, should we should do, do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Groot is obviously earth. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Um, I would say Star-Lord is air. He's kind of an airhead. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. a raccoon? Rocket raccoon. What's rocket raccoon? I guess rocket would have to be fire. Fire is yeah. a really big gun. And then Gamora yeah. would be water. Okay. Oh, that yeah, makes all yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, this and our Fantastic it. Four rituals. Fantastic Four is rock. awesome. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's super obvious. Obviously, human torch is fire. Invisible woman is air. Mm-hmm. Thing is north. Thing is, thing yeah, is earth, earth, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then Mr. Fantastic is water because he's like all gooey wavy mm-hmm. yeah Th- that just fits so naturally it's almost like they intended oh, us to use it. it pretty sure they did and we can we can like have a symbolic uh tesseract or something yes <sighs> or you know an infinity stone or something or just the whole all of them just have the, the, the gauntlet and then and then we can sing some like uh 70s jams yeah 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 this, this is, is the best be awesome wow that's some chaos magic shit there this is gonna right happen. there um but anyway, I thought that Guardians sounded dumb um, until I thought of doing actual Guardians. But um, So we changed it to Farewell uh, Whites of the Direction because uh, yeah. so, we thought that that sounded a little bit cooler. Origi- the, um, Blackbird and I were talking about when I was typing it out because she helped me think of like what to replace it with. Um, we were thinking of maybe doing like some kind of directional like spiritual being like, you know, like sprites or, or elves or gnomes. Um, we didn't obviously get that far on that. We just did Whites. But once again, like that's something that like none of this stuff is set in stone, you know, and like right. it's certainly open to being edited or, you know, serendipitously sometimes we'll like trip over our words and say something else. And we're like, actually, that sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. So we usually to put these up uh, in like a Google Doc for all of us to like go through and kind of, you know, add our own things in or, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to change the word on this or whatever. We, it's a live document before we have the ritual and, but it doesn't have to be. And it's not always, we don't do that every yeah. single time. It's just to get it started. Cause I mean, like, like, let's be fair. Scarlett does most of the writing <laughs> cause she's fucking rad. I mean, we all three, I just really like lists y'all. Yeah, we all three write and write well, but, um, but Scarlett does a lot of the heavy lifting on the on the mad living of the rituals. So 
for that we are but i don't consider them mine you know if like somebody wanted to just be like i i want to bring my own like i'm just gonna toss this out and do my own or i want to tweak this or whatever or like hey i found this you know invocation to like two years ago we did like scotty and that was something Mm -hmm. that um lily brought in um that she was like i'm just gonna you know cut and paste this right in the middle because i think it sounds cool did we do freya or did you just write it and we haven't done it yet oh that's another time where i just think really hard (laughs) it's really going well it's okay (laughs) but yeah um right i think it's the reason why we even use an outline at all which sounds antithetical to sort of the ethos of uncoven as it being like really informal to have like something written out is kind of the opposite of that but everybody needs a guide y'all it's Mm -hmm. a scaffolding to to edit you know because sometimes like when you're put on the spot and you're just standing there and everyone's waiting for you to say something it's really hard to just I mean, sometimes stuff just flows out of you and you're like, that was amazing. What the fuck was I thinking? But, um, but more often you're like, uh, <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> it, it's always good to have like a, a plan B and that's what this is. It's really more of a plan B. So like if you forget what the fuck we were just talking about or what we're doing that, that you kind of have it as an outline, right. it's more of a suggestion. Right. Um, and and it's totally sometimes we forget to do stuff and then it totally is fine and we're not like oh fuck we got to okay stop gotta start stop, all over take two <laughs> you know like it's yeah. it's not like that and I don't think we've ever done that no no so um but anyway i just thought it'd be fun to kind of read out something that we that we're going to be working on and just share um sort of how it is that we sort of frankenstein these things together and yeah. and what things that we we feel like we need a note on to riff off of as opposed to, you know, just having a uh, section five miscellaneous and that's all it says. <laughs> so, um, and, and how we can t- tweak things from other seasons or other rituals and, and kind of uh, m- put a new twist on it or, or keep it or get the fuck out on it or whatever. So, yeah. And this is just, again, if you've gleaned anything from this episode, this is, this is how we've been doing it. It's not how to do it, but this might change in another year. We may be doing something completely fucking different next year. So we will keep you posted. But uh, that's what we've got on on how to do rituals and uh, how we do rituals anyway. If you feel so inclined, you can tell us about your rituals, too. And you can try our ritual and tell us how it went. Yeah, Yeah. please. Yeah, we accept uh, all kinds of feedback, either via email at hexratedpodcast at gmail.com. Or on the blog at ladiablerie.com slash blog. Or on our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com slash we three, the number, not the letters. Witches. We three witches. You can also just look up Hex Rated on Facebook and you'll probably figure out which one we are. I think there might be only us. You can also comment on on our iTunes or our Podomatic. There's many ways to get in touch. So many ways to touch us. So many ways to touch us. Well, we've hoped you've enjoyed this. And uh, y'all keep it witchy. Ready? Hocus Hocus pocus, pocus, bitches. bitches.